This podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people. Welcome to the CreateWell podcast, where we explore the intersections of creativity, wellness, and entrepreneurship. I'm Ray Saragosa, musician, composer, singer, songwriter, roller skater, lover of dogs, and wisher of owning a dog. <laughs> Soon. And you can find my work on IG at Ray Saragosa. And I'm Erica Elon, photo taker, portrait painter, and advocate of marketing your work really well. <laughs> um, and you can find my work on IG at, at Erica Elon. On this week's episode, we're going to be going back to the basics of launching a career as a healthy, thriving artist and entrepreneur. We'll be telling each other our top five suggestions for diving in and getting started in no particular order. They said if I wanna make it, gotta starve and stress and sell. But if I'm gonna be an artist, well, I wanna create well. Yeah, you gotta create well. Here we are. Oh, episode 11. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. One, 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 one. Um, This one is fun. And it was fun to like think through and plan this Mm -hmm. because. It's always good reminders. I know. For like myself. <laughs> it's fun to like kind of think about how far you've come too, you know? Because I think that I forget how long I've been doing this and mm. that I don't ever reflect. I'm just like go and go and mm. go and go. And so it, it was really nice to reflect a little bit yeah. about what strategies really helped me when I was getting started. Also, I started consulting with like other DIY musicians. And so this has been a really good thing for me to think about because I do like advise people on these things. Yeah. So I'm happy. I got up at 3.30 in the morning today. Just an early riser. Just <laughs> an early riser. No like, no particular reason. I just like got up and was like, I'm up. I don't know why. And I just cleaned my apartment and read some stuff and answered some emails. My manager probably thought I was crazy. She's like, why <laughs> are you emailing her at 4 a.m.? Four a.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's one pointer. Um, don't text your manager at 4 a.m. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm so excited about this. Me too. Yeah. So let's just go through. Let's just jump in. Numbers. Number Numbers. one. In no, this really is in no particular, no particular order. order. No hierarchy, just yeah. five points that we each are presenting to one another. Yes. <clears throat> what is yours, Ray? My number one is to love your work unconditionally and love the process. Mm-hmm. I think that a bad attitude to go into beginning a creative entrepreneurial career is to put an end goal on it goals are great but they can't be like goals are great conditions are not so Mm. I think that um if I it's like for example if I came into my career and was like all right I'm gonna give this a shot for three years if I'm headlining red rocks within three years I'll keep doing this if not (laughs) I'll go back to my day job like that is unconditional sorry that is conditional love of your work right and 
it just doesn't work. Um, it, this, it's going to be a slow burn no matter how talented you are and you have to love that slow burn. You have to love the process. Mm. Um, depending on your path, like you have to love sleeping on couches mm. and, and love like possibly getting very little sleep for a cu- for at least a few years mm-hmm. when you're starting out. Um, you know, this podcast is about creating well, but um, let's be honest, when you're first starting out, I think that there are, you You have to swing the pendulum in the direction of like, you're going to have to work very hard to get yourself off the ground. Mm. Um, and then the balance comes in in a little while. You yeah. can definitely have balance the whole way, but you have to embrace the hard work of the beginning. Um, and so you have to love the process. Yeah. You have to love every bit of it. I and mean, the different paths it leads you on. Like mm-hmm. you said, if you make those conditional um, statements, though goals are so important, mm-hmm. you will miss out on the different branches that yeah. your career can take you on mm-hmm. um, that don't always look like what you expected on day one. Exactly. Exactly. And then some. those are the most beautiful parts. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see my career going where it is now when I first started. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a beautiful part. And so if you're able to kind of like let it flow, that's mm. a part of loving your career unconditionally and loving the process. Yes. What's your number one? The number one, the first one I wrote down is to research and reach out. Ooh. And, um, Spoken like a true maven. <laughs> <laughs> so doing the research of your career and yeah. of like where... Yes, being able to set the goals because you actually know what you're looking at and what you're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, take notes on all of it so you are learning Write it, stuff down. teaching yourself, and then send all the freaking cold call email <gasps> things you can. I literally, so I know you're like the biggest advocate of cold, cold emails. Cold emails. <laughs> I can never call them cold emails. I always say cold call emails because it's like a cold call but it's an email, but it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> Love that. So I actually pulled up after I wrote this down. I was like, mm. oh my gosh, I have to go look because right out of college, I was, you know, using Google Docs, whatever. And um, I did this like yeah. right at the start of my career. I was like, wait a second. In college, I loved my undergrad experience with art, but they didn't talk to us necessarily about grants or galleries mm-hmm. or art competitions Wild. or where you post your art or who you send it to so I found oh my gosh like a database <laughs> my list that I literally just sat in my little Chicago apartment and spent days <gasps> writing down I have so I have art competitions art grants <gasps> blogs that oh post uh, any type of realism art I have Galleries somewhat, literally written, galleries somewhat interested in representational work, which is the kind of work that I do. Erica, I have never felt more connected to you than I do right now. I know you probably have the same list. Publications, ways to post work. I have like Tumblr on here, Flickr on here. Who remembers Flickr? Um, How to find things to submit to. And this is like, this is my little research caveat. So you're jumping into an art career. Go and read the CVs or the resumes of the people. Mm. A lot of artists, I don't know if this is the same for musicians, post your CV online. What is the CV? A a curriculum vitae. Oh my God, what is that? It It literally (laughs) lists like every show you've ever had. Okay, a resume. A resume, a really extensive resume. Mm. Um, But go read them and write down where they've shown, Mm -hmm. who has published them, where are they doing interviews. Like just... 
copy yeah. people's careers. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes. That it's funny because people are like, oh, it's like copying, but no, it's researching. Yes. It's absolutely research. And I would love to dive into my Google Docs of the oh past. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Google Docs or whatever docs you want to use. Yep. Um so important. Oh my gosh, I'm speechless right now because that <laughs> is literally how I did everything yeah. in the beginning when I was booking my own shows. Yes. Okay, the things I would do. Okay. <laughs> when it's fall, right? You know, I used to literally go find databases yeah. on the internet yeah. of different markets and fairs that people like they had they had little databases for like vendors to apply to be a vendor at a yeah. fair, right? Yeah. I would just download, I would literally buy the database for the fairs, for <laughs> vendors, for like food vendors yeah. and stuff and get all the emails Amazing. and just email them and ask if I could play music there. Amazing. And a lot of times, a lot of these fairs were like, well, we've never had music before, yeah. but okay, sure. How much do you want us to pay you? Literally, I got some of my favorite uh gigs that way one of which was that um pumpkin patch that i told you about Live oh, yeah. Oak canyon pumpkin patch and it was like my favorite gig ever i literally just <sighs> played in a pumpkin field amazing and for all these like people and they paid me really well and i found that from a database to apply to be a food vendor there that's brilliant <laughs> so i you- love that we were doing the same thing probably around the same time oh, we're yes. like <laughs> scouring the internet also mm. in terms of those databases I shared them with people. Me too. Look. All the time. Here's my share button. Yeah. And yeah. the like 15 people on here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Obviously, like I was like, I wasn't sharing them with everyone, right. but people who like I felt were nice and yeah. helpful to me and yeah. we had like a symbiotic relationship, um, you know, and had boundaries, everyone. Don't be like sending your shit everywhere. Um, but I would share my databases with people and then they would share theirs with me. Yes. And Oh my gosh. Like I was bartending at the time at the bitter end. And I remember like me and all the other musicians who were getting their start there. We were just like, Oh, I was like, I'll send you my doc. Oh, you send me your doc. Like with radio stations and blogs. And in terms of like copying, I always tell musicians, find an artist who's one step ahead of you. Exactly. Not 10 steps ahead of you. One or two or maybe three steps ahead of you. Yep. And figure out everything they're doing. Yep. Go look at their Instagram. See what blogs are writing about them. Mm-hmm. Make a sheet with all those blogs. And then just go online and find the email addresses. It's really not that hard. Nope. Like Every single publication has an email address listed on their website. Yep. And last thing I'll say about this, that. And um, Facebook messages. Mm. is actually a way I've gotten a lot of stuff, especially when I was touring through Europe. I would send Facebook messages instead of emails because the person running social media oftentimes, especially Facebook messages, because like DMs are so like diluted at this point. Mm. But Facebook messages, a lot of times people get like 100 emails a day, a thousand DMs a day and like five Facebook messages a day. So sometimes Mm. you can cut through the noise on Facebook depending on the blog or the blah, blah, or the whatever. Also, I got a lot of um, interviews from Twitter and just tweeting at different blogs. Dang. So figure out who's writing about the artists that are one step ahead of you and reach out to those blogs. Yep. 
Love it. Number two. Oh my gosh, number two. <clears throat> this is like probably this is everyone should be writing this down. Make it make a database, everyone. Make a database. Make databases. I forgot about all this stuff. Uh, all well, the days of my cool scrappy because, past. Because like you said, I'm literally I'm reading through kind of Loki right now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been published with multiple of these. It's really exciting yeah. to be able to look back and see that all those emails paid off and truly people respond. Oh my I mean, gosh. it's not all the time, but you yeah. will get responses. I will give one more story on this cold email <laughs> thing really quick, but hate to shout him out right now, but my amazing, amazing agent, I got my agent from a cold email. So dope. And, um, he literally told me he's never responded to a cold email before. Wow. Yeah. But the trick about cold emails is to know how to write them so they don't sound cold. Yeah. We need to do a whole we need episode whole, I do a whole that. episode on cold emails. Um, also, Erica and I did a uh, challenge a couple months ago where I was like, okay, Erica, every day this week, we're going to send like five cold emails. That should be the that, that, That's probably <laughs> going to be our challenge this week. <laughs> but I'm a firm believer in cold emails. I've gotten so much in mm-hmm. my career from cold emails, but you have to know how to write one. I have uh, a lot of my consulting clients. I'm always rewriting emails. Your email should be so freaking short because people don't have a lot of time. Um, I am also busy and I don't read emails when they're really long if they're coming from my account where I get all the cold emails from. So make them short um, and make sure that the first sentence is about the other person. Mm-hmm. If you're writing to a blog, compliment them on their yeah. work. Do your research. Figure out what they're writing about. Figure out if you're compatible. Tell them that in the first line. Don't make the first line I have a new song. Like yep. The first line, I loved the interview you did with blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. I'm done. I love it. <laughs> so, right. What's your number two? Okay. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> number two. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going to leave all this in, by the way. Oh, no. Um, avoid all or nothing thinking. Spoken like my cognitive behavioral therapist would. Yeah. Um, and avoid like romanticized ideals about becoming an artist um, and about quitting your day job. Um, if you haven't read Big Magic yet, I highly suggest reading it. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert didn't quit her day job until she literally had a national bestseller. And mm. I think that um, obviously that's not possible for everyone. Everyone has a different situation. Um, but I think a lot of times we see in the movies that people have this like grand gesture of quitting their day job. And they leave it all behind and then boom, it all works out with their art. And I think don't be afraid of doing like two things at once. And you are an artist, even if you have another job. I was doing music and bartending for five years. Um, and I was just as much an artist then as I am now. Yep. And remembering that. And uh, so, yeah, just avoiding like the all or nothing thing of like, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. your number two? Um my number two is make making a habit love it um so and we like we've talked about before finding rhythms of making and then within that i think being able to call some of your making work because it is work Mm -hmm. it's good work Mm -hmm. but it's work yeah so um i'm committing that to yourself also being able to call it work to your peers and your friends and your family who are like come do this or do this for free or do that you know mm-hmm. it's work yes. and like acknowledge and own it yeah. as what it is and that's a hurdle that will persist no matter how yeah um successful you become mm. um and um 
I, we were talking about how much we hate the quote. Um, what is it? Like, if you do something you love, you'll never work a never day in your life. Day. I yeah. think it's like such a messed up quote. Whatever. It's not true at all. <laughs> not. Um, having a creative career is a lot of work and it's not all creative at all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of <laughs> spreadsheets involved. Yeah. And if you're able to balance the creativity with the business side, you will do better mm-hmm. in your creative career. So, yep. I love what that. What would be number three for you? Numero three. Here's one that um, I know a lot of people have different opinions about, but here's my opinion. Mm. Number three is to avoid debt at all costs. Mm. Um, I know that's like somewhat a privileged thing to say, and a lot of people cannot avoid going into debt. Um, so the point is to avoid debt if you can. And... Um, I say this in terms of when you're thinking about album art, I'm speaking as a musician, thinking about album art, you're thinking about making a music video or you're thinking about screen printing shirts or whatever, especially when you're first starting out, do everything the cheapest way possible um, while still, you know, paying people uh, a fair wage and, and doing things as ethically as possible, obviously. Um, but for the first like three years I was selling t-shirts, I screen printed them myself. <laughs> Me and my boyfriend literally turned my dad's kitchen into a screen Cute. printing workshop. We screen printed them ourselves. Um, if you're going to make a music video, I, you know, use your, your siblings or people who need experience yeah. um, before hiring like a $10,000 video crew when you're first starting out. Like I said, always pay people something fair that they agree to, but there's a huge difference between and $10,000 or $500 and like $5,000, you know? Um, so that, and, um, I've seen a lot of artists get burnt out because of going into debt or, um, just overspending on their records. Um, Mm -hmm. and know that you can do, it's really more about the content than it is about the quality. Um, and I know people who have made records just like by learning how to do it themselves and have made incredible work. So avoid going into debt, be scrappy, do things on your own as long as you can. And um, a lot of people I found are so focused on building a team way too early. Mm. Um, I get a lot of people asking me, so like, how do I get a manager? How do I get Mm. an agent? And literally I'll give you the advice that people gave me when I was thinking about getting a manager and they were like, don't get a manager until you literally like throw your hands in the air and are like, I can't do this all by myself. There's so much work coming in. Mm. Um, it really shouldn't be at the point where you're like looking for work, looking for work. Yeah. Um, because managers cost money and they're going to work hard for you when they know that you're going to make them money because it's a business. So, right. Yeah. And I think it to your, your previous point, I am primarily a painter, but I actually I work tons of gigs mm-hmm. and I work for a company pretty much full time. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I wouldn't even shout call them Thunder Voice. Yeah. <laughs> shout out Thunder Voice Hatco. Um, but I wouldn't even call them a day job because I mm-hmm. feel like they're extensions of my art. Right. But, and it's a very creative. Right. Yeah. But it's still, um, a lot of people are like, do you support yourself fully on your painting? Mm. And like, no. Right. Um, perhaps that would be a possibility, but right now the smartest financial decision for me is this kind of multiplicity of work. Yeah. Um, and 
and being realistic with yourself about that. A note on the manager parallel with the art world, there's a huge question about studying art um, Mm. at at college Mm. or at grad school. Yeah. And I recommend as a MFA dropout, master's Mm. in fine art dropout, drop, well, well, drop, drop art. <laughs> drop art. I think it's tense, though. Um, drop that out. Um, I, I would say never get your MFA unless you get everything paid for plus stipend. Mm. It's not worth mm. it because you can do the same work, mm. find this, find similar caliber mentors, mm. um, and and learn the ins and out of the art world and what it is to commit to making in that Mm -hmm. capacity without paying and going into debt for it. Yeah. I mean, I was literally just talking about this with my neighbor yesterday about debt. And, you know, he was talking about like how he's still paying off student loans and stuff. No shame on going to school. No shame on people paying student loans. I never went to school. Um, I was like doing music and waiting tables since I was 18 years old. And I'm very grateful that I have Mm. no debt um, because I would have had to pay for my own school or at least pay for most of it. And so if you're in that position, um, that's not for everyone. If if you are not going to go to school, to college, you have to create your own structure, which I know is not really for everyone. But anyway, just to be just full disclosure, that's Erica's schooling uh, relationship and I never went so yeah. um take with that what you will yep um okay what's number do you do number three yet no nope. <clears throat> number wait no nope. um value your work mm-hmm. and we talk about this a lot yeah. value your work um n- and and know your worth I think it it goes in two directions it's mm-hmm. trusting and knowing your worth again being able to call it work and also, because you value it, you want to present it well. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take the time to do that, whatever yeah. that means, whether that's in the digital realm, whether that's showing at a local coffee shop, mm-hmm. whether that is playing in a pumpkin patch. You yeah. will present your work with the trust of of how important it is mm-hmm. in the world. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that's important. And I think that... Um, Knowing your worth, like you said, goes both ways and knowing like the market value of what you're doing at all times and ask people how much they're making um, on specific jobs. Uh, Obviously, like do it in a respectful way. Um, But a lot of times like be like, hey, like I also want to get into uh, playing farmers markets. Like how much is like how much do you play for? And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe their person's going to the person's going to be like, oh, like a hundred bucks plus tips. And maybe you feel like that's low um and you want to ask for more but understand that if that's how much they're paying and you want more sure like you can ask for more but um also over quoting can be a danger when you're first starting out so it's trusting the trajectory trusting the trajectory your work and the the um financial worth of it absolutely um because that will grow over time and and move in different ways over Mm -hmm. time yes absolutely Number four. Number four. Um, be nice to everyone unless oh. they're mean. <laughs> yes. Oh. Unless they're mean, don't be nice. Um, but keep relationships. Mm. And um, I don't believe in networking. I believe in building relationships. Mm. Don't like if I don't know, like have some. I, I if, if I meet someone and I know that they could help me and they do really cool things, but like we don't get along or uh, 
I don't really think they're a nice person or something. I'm not going to go out of my way to like keep them in my life. You have to conduct yourself in your relationships and in art authentically. Mm -hmm. And when you do find people that you connect with, don't keep in touch with them because they have a lot of Instagram followers or because they could help you Mm -hmm. keep in touch with them because they're awesome. And a lot of times the person who's going to help you in 10 years is who was the assistant when you met them or was the secretary, the person taking your, your resume at the door. Um, and so be nice to everyone. You never know. Um, you know, you never know where people are going to be in 10 years and everyone's on a different path just because you're ahead of someone right now. doesn't mean they'll be ahead of you later. So, um, Mm -hmm. not saying that that's the only reason to be nice to someone because they're going to be ahead of you later, but Mm -hmm. conducting yourself with, um, humility and humbleness and Mm -hmm. kindness goes a very long way. It really does. Mm -hmm. Mm. What about you? Number four. Mine is way less (laughs) beautiful. (laughs) They're like, be mean to everyone. (laughs) Shut them all down. Shut them all down. Um, but there are instances. Oh yeah, where that's Someone's important mean, you too. Um, I think especially as women in the art world, we've oh, talked yeah, about that yeah, some. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. oh my gosh, there are times to shut people down oh, or yeah. just ignore mm-hmm. ignore the haters. Um, yeah. But contracts, yes. <laughs> contracts is my next contracts, one. My um, and this, I, I again, obviously, I'm speaking from a very visual art based place where contracts are paramount but i think Mm -hmm. it this is across a wide range Mm -hmm. of art um yes uh, (laughs) careers learn how to read contracts learn how to write them because then you can Mm -hmm. read them better yeah um and you can send people your own and um never work without them Mm -hmm. unfortunately i've learned that lesson like 15 times which is too many times you're supposed to learn it and then not do it again the same amount (laughs) the exact same amount um but just really really and i have a great resource for this again particularly for visual artists i think it can be across um different mediums too but there's a book called art slash work and i recommend it to any visual artist starting out it's really cute because it's bright orange and i like the color orange um art slash work get the physical copy just Mm -hmm. because they have examples of contracts. They have examples of emails to different galleries or agents or it's just like a hard copy book of sort of what we're talking about here. The nitty gritty of Mm -hmm. starting out and really being an entrepreneur in the work that you're doing. Yes. Knowing the ins and outs, the nitty gritty, the boring stuff. Um, But ultimately I find it kind of fun because contracts, you know, they keep you safe. Mm-hmm. They secure finances for you. Um, and they make things really clear with the person you're working with. Yes. So. And I've seen nightmares go down with oh people who did not have contracts with their musicians yeah. or whatever. So yeah. just have everyone sign something, yep. you know, yep. um, be proactive and never think that um, it's too early to have contracts. That's Ooh. for sure. Because even when you're starting out, you never know where you're going to be in three years. And then if you didn't have a contract with that person, they can come after you yep. saying that um, they want more money from you or something yeah. like that. So not, that's not the only situation where it's warned that where you need a contract, but I've seen that happen to artists. So please get a contract. Yeah. Um, number five, 
Number five. Is my turn? Yeah, it's I'm you. really bad at this back and forth thing. I'm forgetting where we are. Um, There's only two of us. <laughs> I'm playing catch with one person and I keep dropping the ball. Um, so uh, number five. So, you know, we're here on the Create Well podcast. We're talking about creating well, which is important. Um, but I think that another thing that Erica and I both have done forever is just relentless hard work. And there is a way mm. to create well and to work hard AF. Literally. I mean, that was my, <laughs> that was, Erica made a funny face. You couldn't see, <laughs> but um, that was my mantra. Like what's, that's what always what I told artists and they're like, Oh, what advice do you have uh. for artists starting out? And I changed it. Cause I think that in the context, it sounds a little intense, but <laughs> a little abrasive, a little, yeah, a little uh, cry cry. But I used to tell, I used to tell people work harder than everyone else, mm-hmm. literally. And I still believe it because when, when I was 19 through 22, when everyone, I knew, not everyone I knew, but some people I knew were out partying and um, having fun and whatever. I was at home um, mm-hmm. writing songs and making spreadsheets yep. <laughs> and just getting ahead. Um, and a lot of my friends that are doing really cool stuff now were also those people. No shade on people who party. Um, I like to party sometimes. But really putting your hard work first yeah. at all times. Um and understanding that it's not going to be easy and you generally will get out what you put in. And especially if you're someone who doesn't come from a, a lot of privilege, you're going to have to mm. work. Not, I mean, I, I hate saying this, that you're going to have to work harder than everyone else because like Connie and I talked about, that can get in your head mm. and it has gotten into my head. It's gotten into Connie's mm. head of feeling like, oh, we're women of color. So like, we're not worthy of anything unless we work 17 times as hard, which isn't true. But there is a middle ground on that. It's not an all or nothing thought. And if you don't come from as much privilege, of course, you're going to have to work harder than someone whose dad handed them a check for $100,000 to fund their record. Yeah. That's just life. Like, it's just real. You're going to have to work harder than that person. So don't be afraid of hard work. And if you're doing something that, <laughs> if you're doing what you love, you'll never have to work it in. You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but if you're doing something you love, the hard work um, will be thrilling at times. Mm. Um, know your balance, know when to rest, know when to sleep. Um, work hard, play hard, you. Yeah. Again, our little parallel careers, you were saying that. I, I particularly at the start of my career was saying, I need to make something every day. Mm. And I really was. And I try and still do that. There's, there's days where it sometimes feels like it's not happening, but, um, that's not true. I think, I think part of it too is acknowledging the things that you make and like owning them as a piece of Mm -hmm. who you are as an Mm -hmm. artist. Um, number five is build community. Yay. What a good one to end on. Yay. I know. You you had the like beautiful one, the one before. Number four. I should have had but, that cool one. <laughs> number five, build community. And it, it relates to yours and being kind to people. Yeah. And the the what I wrote under build community is to celebrate others' work. Yes. Um, as maybe Never, the key yeah. piece in building community. Because yeah. I think um, you know, we as artists, you can sometimes fall into the trap of being really self-focused uh-huh. because you are working so freaking hard yeah, and you're promoting yourself <laughs> yes. and it's a lot. Yeah. So how do we, um, 
take that same energy and uh, bring it to a communal space and celebrate one another's work. Use your work to lift other people up. Use your platforms that you're diligently, diligently working on um, to grow uh, not just yourself, but other people too. And like you said, the even if you're celebrating the person just starting out or the, the yeah. person you just met somewhere who said, you know, mm, I'm an artist too. Yeah. Like you don't know where they're going to be in 10 years. And yeah. it's not even about what you get back from it. Right. But just about Keeping like truly building community yes. and investing in each other mm-hmm. is so worth it. It is. And it's so fun. And it, I really think that by like building community and sharing other people's work and lifting other people's work up it's it multiplies everyone yeah it's just like a multiplication (laughs) thing and um it's fun and it's so it's just whenever um like my friend ashley (laughs) here in long beach like i've been in her car before and she's like i'm like where'd you find that song and she's like oh like you shared their music on your instagram and i was like like whenever i know that i turned someone else on to another friend's music it's like I just get like this like high I'm like oh my god that was me you know (laughs) no it is and like seeing seeing your friends buying somebody else's jewelry and like wearing and connecting I just love seeing like friends celebrating other friends work Mm -hmm. and connecting and and this like you said it's not even networking it's like actually like growing together and Mm -hmm. and spreading that sort of mutual support yeah I love that and I think that I'm so sad because I'm such a community oriented person and I love being a connector and Mm. I love hosting Mm. parties and I can't do that with COVID, but there are other ways to build community online as we've talked about on the podcast many a time. Um, And so I think that honestly, the community part is the most important one we've said because um, when I was first starting out, I was going to open mics every single night when I wasn't working for years wow. and just like writing new songs and playing them at the open mic that night over and over and every day. And I met so many of my best friends at those open mics who are still my friends now, a lot of which are also on tour and also mm. um, in a similar trajectory as I've been. And that is just so beautiful to come up with people because you mm. just always get to remember that like you were like, like that's your real community. And like you were friends when you were just like scraping away, mm-hmm. you know? And so I love that community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the five. AK, the 10. The 10. <laughs> well, that's the five times two. Yeah, the equals, five. Speaking of multiplication. Um, equals 10. And now for the Create Well Challenge of the Week. This week's challenge, as we promised, is to send five cold call emails. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Open up your email and just go online, find blogs or someone you want to mentor you or anything like that, anything. um, And cold email them, make it short, make it sweet, open with a line complimenting their work Mm -hmm. and then talk about your work and uh, let us know what happens. For real. Let us know. Let us know. Thank you for journeying with us in Creating Well. If you're interested in supporting us, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash createwell. Our Patreon followers will have exclusive access to monthly live Q&As, extra photo content, and giveaways. Thank you to our first patron executive producer, Susan Anderson Nelson. 
And this week's featured song is Fragile Heart One by Madison Malone. I have a fragile heart. I have a fragile heart. It can get broken now. Aggression comes around. I hardly make a sound. I have a fragile heart. It's talking all the time. 